What's in the queue? 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 Ended up getting free treats and free treats are the best. Treats. Yeah. And so while we're we we came to eat lunch, but they weren't serving lunch yet. Mm -hmm. So we got breakfast, okay. and then we decided to wait for them to make us lunch to go. Okay. For later. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna need food later. Yeah. So yeah. So that? and then we're like, oh, let's go check out where the, you know, the whatever on the river thingy is gonna be. Downtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The riverfront stuff yeah. that they're putting in. Nice. So we went to look at the construction. And then we here, and then we then we hung out in a cemetery for a while, and yeah, we did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that sounds did. about right. Very good time. Uh, put a bike rack on. Like we put a hitch on, put a bike rack on, did all these things, and we both tried to lay down for like an hour, and it made it worse. Yep. Because we wanted to just die. Yeah. And we were up again for another. So we need Saturday. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just excited that we have an actual weekend this weekend. Mm-hmm. Two days, a Saturday and a Sunday, which I don't know if people know this, but weekends used to mean something where we work. Yeah. And now they don't. No. no. Now Saturday is just another work day to the point where when I told my kid that I don't have to work tomorrow, she was like, wait, Really? Yeah, like, that's how my kids are. They're genuinely excited that we don't have to work on a Saturday. Yeah. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go hang out with the people I work with. Raising money for the Fort Wayne trails. Oh, okay. Where, where's that? Battle Poker Run. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. I did not sign up for it. I know you didn't. I do have family coming in, though. It's okay. Yeah. One year you should do it. One year. It's fun. But it's with people from work. But it's like me. Okay, that that you doesn't know, count. Yeah, that's Alyssa, fine. Heather, like right, that's legitimate. That's, that's legitimate fun then. Yeah. Okay. It, going from bar to bar, that's fun. That's true. I'm excited for how much the clinking of the ice is going to pick up on the microphone. It's fine. It's margaritas. Margaritas. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's really close. <laughs> I better just. Hold this. Because yeah, look at, look, there goes my. Oh, oh, oh I, I saw it. Here, let me move my ritual oh, stuff. Okay, 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 girl. Here you go. <laughs> it just, it hits so right, right? Oh. I'm gonna hate editing that. <laughs> just think of it as scary. Okay, so my chest is already getting tight. I'm going to get out of breath telling this story, just so you know. <laughs> so, uh, uh, last weekend, last Sunday, we uh, were going to Menards because we're getting four by fours for Bruce's runner so he can feel freedom in the backyard. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, when you come down over the highway. Yes. And then you get over to the turn yes. line, right? So I'm, I'm into the turn lane and I'm coming down and there's this big, huge, like seventies, eighties metal van, like a 16 passenger Child family van. van. No, like all the windows. Like, oh, okay. Okay. Like, no, I have a lot of kids van. No puppies inside. I mean, maybe. Okay. But I expect it to be like a busload full of kids in there. Sure, right? sure, 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 sure. So this van is 
turning to try to go to Menards. I go, they're not going to make it. Either this van thought they could make it, or they literally did not see the white SUV coming the opposite way. I totally forgot this happened to you. Yes. So, SUV coming because they got the green. Sure. Just straight T-bones this van, this huge van, flips over onto its side. High center of gravity. Smashes another car <gasps> right in freaking front of us, okay? I, I, I'm going... They're not going to make it. Oh, my God. I, 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 I'm adrenaline dump. Yeah. I'm like shaking. My voice is shaking. I throw the car in park. I hit the hazards. I'm like, Kai, go. So the dude takes off into the middle of this intersection. I'm like d- dropping my phone all over the place trying to call 911. Yeah. I'm calling 911. So as this... As this white SUV, you know, once they hit and the van flips, the driver gets out of her car immediately, as I notice in the backseat of their car is children. Okay. I start crying because there's there's two young kids and they're crying and watching is like watching a movie. Like the mom getting out in a panic to get to her kids in the backseat and grabbing her kids and hugging them. I was like, and I'm like, the accident. It was bad. And and Kai and these lovely biker dudes come strolling up and they break yeah, up in the, the back. The Harley Davidson store is literally across the street. Right, and they were having an event. Yeah. So like a bunch of them just fly over. Yeah. Um, because the van flipped so the driver would be on the ground, right? Oh god. Uh so I'm like I don't know how many kids are probably in this huge van, you know, so far there's two kids. She pulled, you know, mama pulls them out on the side, you know, from the SUV. Kai and this biker dude, they get the back hatch of this big van open, pull this lady out. She's okay. Nobody's bleeding. Okay. I don't know how nobody's bleeding. American steel. Right. (laughs) So everybody's like on the on the shoulders of everything. Sure. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. that is the worst intersection to have a wreck in, by the way. Right, because it was literally blocking to leave Menards yes. and blocking the people yes. going that on whole the other street. Yeah, the whole both lanes. Yeah. And I mind you, I'm in the middle of the intersection by this time, and I'm trying to turn around as the cop comes. So I'm like, okay, back up. <laughs> And the girl, you know, I have my girls in the back. They're freaking like, out. Holy crap. Yeah. I was like, this is my nightmare. This is my nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. So I will definitely be helpful and not helpful in a very scary situation. I have officially learned. Um, That's, that's okay. Because I am the helpful one. Right. It does not matter how many glasses of wine I had at my cousin's wedding the yeah. other weekend. The second my one cousin puked in the, uh, sitting in the van getting ready to go home. Sober. Sober. Ready <laughs> to go. Ready to right. go. Yeah. Like, so. I mean, I was, do- I called everyone. That's the right thing to do. I, yeah. I made my husband go help. I was like, I, cause I like threw it in park and I like seatbelt on, seatbelt off. Like I was like, do I get out? And I'm like, no, no. I got to stay Control with my kids. Vehicle. You go. Yes. <laughs> So I, like, turn around, pull a U.E., and pull into the gas station. Yeah. By this time, luckily, cops, ambulance, fire truck were all, like, yes. sitting at the next intersection. <laughs> That's how fast. Um, 
But, like, once I pulled into that gas station, I put the car in park, and I just start crying. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, crying. Yeah. It's terrifying. And, and, and I mean, I was like... Yeah. Her, uh, <laughs> listeners, her hands are, are shaking violently. <laughs> Thank you for not shaking the microphone. It was so... Like, I've seen a billion accidents sure. after they happen. Sure. I've been in accidents. Yeah. But... I've not quite seen a vehicle flip over right in front of my face. Yeah, it's not great. I've seen it. And seeing kids. Yeah. Ugh, that gets yeah. me. Kids. Yeah. And, and, like, the whole rest of the day. Yeah. It was like, that's what we talked about. Yeah. Like. Because it just replays in your head over yes. and over and over and, I, and, and over And this again. is what yes. I did finally for the girls. I said, okay, this is the last thing. I hope that when you become drivers, you remember this day. Yeah said because you need to pay attention yeah because one second i said and and even if you do everything right yeah someone else cannot be paying attention but if you're doing the best you can i want you to remember this accident every time you get in the car yeah so you pay attention and they're like okay (laughs) 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 and like the next day when i was telling my friend about it like walking into work she's like that really scared you didn't it? i was like yeah because yeah. i mean i was really like <sighs> yeah freaking out yes the wow end. there you go i'm gonna drink again um this is what's in the queue with Krishana and emily like I wish like you could see the hearts I'm sending through the waves of this podcast do you know like all the anime memes with like girls with heart eyes yeah that's us right and now. like and like you know the hands coming up and it's just like a like a whole explosion of hearts just flying out yes just love yeah like the care bear stare but hearts all pointing at who we're gonna talk about today which is Dr. Ruth. Yes, that's right. We watched Ask Dr. Ruth. Uh, it's a 2019 documentary from director Ryan White. Yeah. Uh, did you get the description? I did. Yay! <laughs> uh, Ask Doc- Dr. Ruth chronicles the incredible life of Dr. Ruth Westheimer, a Holocaust survivor who became America's most famous sex therapist. As her 90th birthday approaches, she revisits uh, her painful past and career at the forefront of the sexual revolution. I made sure to say sex and sexual with enthusiasm and and love as Dr. Ruth would want me to do it. Exactly. It's not sex. It's sex. It's good sex. Yeah. Feel it. Enjoy it. Have it. Love it. Yeah. Exactly. As long as everybody's consenting. Consenting individuals. That's literally all we're asking for. (laughs) Um, If you were born yesterday. I'd say if you were born post year 2000. You may not know who she is. It's possible. And I'm sorry for you. But now you're going to know. You absolutely have to watch this documentary. This is, this documentary quickly jumped up to what is now going to be one of my go-tos if I'm really sad and I need to just feel better. Yes. Like it's up there with glow. It's up there with, um, God, what else made me happy? (laughs) 
Would you say <laughs> not, a lot, not a lot, Not a lot. Not a lot of those documentaries uh, made me happy. Uh, uh, women wrestling. Glow. Oh, Glow. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, no, so it's it. up there now with Glow as well, the documentary that makes me happy. Well, last week, you know, oh, I the said... The Bond. Becoming Bond. That's oh, another God, one. Yes. I love Becoming Bond. Yes. I forgot. Uh, you know, last week I was saying, like, I loved the... This was a great documentary about a celebrity, and it was well done and yeah. everything I wanted it to be. This was even better. Yeah. Yeah. This was yeah. amazing. <laughs> um, first of all, just Dr. Ruth in general. Yeah. I think she said she's what four foot eleven. Yes, she's four foot eleven, tiny, German like thick German accent. She's your grandma. Yes, she's your great grandma. Yes, like she just wants she just wants to make sure everyone has good sex. And did you eat a good meal? Yes. <laughs> did you love every moment when she was offering the cameraman and the crew food, sh- literally shoveling it into their mouths? It was reaching over the camera. Yes. Here, have one more. Have Wait, one more. Do- Dr. Ruth, you said that was the last one. One more. One, one more. more. Oh, oh she is the most adorable human. And I, there, the whole, her whole life up until the 80s and 90s when I knew her, mm-hmm. I had no idea about. Nope. No. Not a clue. No. Well, clearly the only people who did were like her patients. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, uh, you know, uh, when they start filming this, she she's 89, and she is still incredibly busy. She's teaching. Uh, she has books coming. She's teaching at two different colleges, yeah, mind two, you. Yeah, two courses at two colleges. She still gives guest lectures. Yeah, she's still she's putting out books. Books, which now I kind of want to go read some of her books. I know. Because, like, I, I've gotten into, like, a feminist literature kick. Okay. And I, I picked up Women Who Run With Wolves and okay. Drawing Down the Moon. And, nice. like, I've just kind of been on this roll yeah. of, like, uh, I just want to read about women's stuff right now. Yes. Yeah. Um, what do I want to say? She, I mean... She's still just as busy as she was at the quote unquote height of her fame yeah. and 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 celebrity. Yeah. Um and, and I just want to kiss her so much. She's so sweet. Like when her tech guy came over with the the four external hard drives yes. of literally every TV appearance she's ever made and she's just like I mean, this is nice, but you know I can't work this if you're not here, right? Like, right. I don't know what button to push. And he goes, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and 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 in, right in the beginning, we see her asking Alexa who she is. And at first, it didn't quite hear her right, so Alexa was giving some other thing, which, typical. And uh, Thanks, Alexa. Then finally, it gets and it does a perfect explanation of who she is, and she goes... Okay, she knows who I am. I'll keep her. <laughs> um, so, uh, I want to just start from the beginning of her life. Yeah. <laughs> Not the beginning of the documentary, the beginning of her life. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so, she was born and raised in Frankfurt, Germany, um, until 10 years old. And um, she, she pulls out... Uh, a little Ziploc baggie as she's talking about her early years of life and she pulls out this washcloth a handmade washcloth from the 30s 
or late for or forties, and it has her initials in it. Which fun fact, her name is actually Corolla Siegel. Right. Um, Corolla Ruth Siegel. Yes. Uh, she grew up in an Orthodox Jewish family, um, and when Hitler and the Nazis came to power in Germany, um, her dad was taken away. Mm-hmm. Like, it, um, the way they share her childhood stories is because, I mean, because, I mean, she doesn't have anything from her childhood. She has that washcloth. That's it. That's the only thing and, from her childhood. And a few that pictures. She has. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, they animate sequences for her childhood. They <sighs> perfectly animate. And a little known fact, uh, there is a animated short or whole thing. I think that they were actually pulling the clips from. Oh, really? About her life. Um, because when I pulled up on Hulu, it shows two. It shows this documentary and it shows an animated thing. Yes, there's like a little behind the scenes thing. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So uh, it is. It is beautiful artwork. It's beautifully very done. Watercolory. Yes. Very dre- dreamy. Dreamy. For yes. as awful as the topic is, it's very dreamy. What a! Uh, I thought it was a beautiful way to express it. Yeah, I mean, you know, instead of just showing clips of marching Nazis and and skeletal bodies everywhere which is the typical thing that we see we're seeing it as like a child right well and you know because carola didn't go to the camps like her her parents and her grandma did she was on the kinder transport program that that brought children out of germany and um i know most of them went to switzerland i'm pretty sure i remember a stuff you missed in history class episode on it where some went to england as well okay um but basically it was just like yeah we gotta get these kids out of here yeah yeah um which is amazing for how many children did not get to leave yep um so at age 10 um and uh about 1938 1940 somewhere in there um she was sent to live in Switzerland at an orphanage or, yeah. you know, and it... And on her birthday. On her birthday. Yeah. A, a, a lot of these huge life moments actually happen on her birthday. Yeah, isn't that weird? That's <sighs> so crazy. Synchronicities. Um, we're basically treated as second-class citizens. Um, they had to actually take care of the Swiss orphans. Yeah, like, they're all orphans, but... The Orthodox Jewish orphans were considered less than the Swiss Christian orphans. Yeah. <laughs> so quickly, you know, all of uh, all of these transported kids from Germany became like family, and mm-hmm. um, we get to see this. <laughs> okay. I just want to goosh the whole time. This episode is nothing but gooshing and and squealing. Yeah. Uh, delight. Yeah. Uh, Walter, her first boyfriend. Yes. She actually, in the documentary, she goes to his house. You know, mm-hmm. this is now. And, you know, they're both, you know, in their 80s, 80s. and 90s. Um, actually, yeah, both 80s because she's older than him. Yeah. And then he he's married. He's married. And she's all just... Like the 16 times that she rang their doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Grandma? Grandma? <laughs> she, yeah, she comes on. She's like, me, 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 until they open the door. Um and just seeing those two together and they're they're both kind of sharing stories they sing you are my sunshine together because he's saying that to her 
um, she she talks about um, she tries to whisper and lean in forgetting that they're mic'd that uh, she can still remember how his kisses taste and I'm like whoa especially girl, girl you're like 11 <laughs> and you know the wife's in the other room That's I'm fine. just saying at That's that fine. point I don't I think I'd be like good have fun yeah yeah because <laughs> I'm tired um, but yeah, so they were, they were very close. Um, they talk about, you know, eventually she gets to this point in school where, uh, eighth grade, ninth grade, she has to stop going to school. Right. Uh, yeah. The, um, women, the Orthodox Jewish girls weren't allowed to go to public school. Um, but the boys could. So Walter would go to school all day, come home give her the book well sneak into her room yeah sneak into the girls dorm bring her all the books and the notes and then she would go out in the hallway where there was a light outside and read Mm -hmm. and he would teach her whatever the day's lesson was yeah Um, which that makes me think he really understood what he was learning because if you can understand mm -hmm. it enough to teach it to someone Mm -hmm. else that means you really know it exactly um and also during this time there was a point that um her father was permitted to return uh, home to Frankfurt, um, and you know, and she's getting letters from her mother and her grandmother. You know, she's very close. This is a very tight, close knit family. Uh, you know, she's the only child. Um, you know, she just talks about they were very loving and attentive, and you know, what a wonderful time until she gets sent to this orphanage. Right, right. The first 10 years were great. And even then, she's trying to make the best of it. She talks, you know, she talks about it mostly as a good experience. With the exception of that headmistress. Yes. Who apparently told the kids, well, your parents clearly don't love you enough because they sent you here. Yeah. They love you the most. Um, you know, so she's, you know, constantly getting letters from the family and um, you know, dad gets to come back home for a little while. Um, and we, she does have every letter that her parents, her family sent her, um, up until this letter right before her 13th birthday, you know, saying, Hey, we're, you know, we're going to be sending out your present and everything is beautiful and poetic and, you know, before texting and before it was easy, what, what, WTF, poetic, beautiful, loving, um, with a lot of thought put into it. Um, and uh, the letter stopped. Yeah, she's like, it's, uh, she, she's journaling mm-hmm. this whole time, and she had her, she kept her journals as well. Um, she's like, you know, it's been seven weeks, it's been nine weeks. She's been at the orphanage now for three years. It's been five years without hearing from my family, and by that time, the war was over, and so the lists of survivors. Yeah, they gather all the kids together in this orphanage after the war is over. And instead of like, well, instead of like pulling one kid off at a time and being like, hey, your parents made it. Hey, they didn't make it. Like, Mm -hmm. they just told everybody all at once. And she's like, my family was never on any list. Right. Um, So, those who uh, didn't have parents... Or they couldn't find their parents, or whatever the case may be. Well, I mean, they were all killed. Um, they were sent to Palestine. Yeah. And she talks about taking this train ride and seeing another train running alongside them filled 
with Nazi soldiers. POWs, yeah. Um, and just thinking you, you know, you to any one of them mm-hmm. could have been the ones that killed my parents. Yeah. Um, and her grandma. Uh, so, uh, she... Oh, she goes to, to Haifa. Yes. Um, and, and when she gets there, they say, um, you can't be called Corolla anymore. It was way too German. Can't do it. Um, so she said, okay, fine. I'll change my name to Ruth. So basically, she just flipped her names around. Yeah. Um, so she became Ruth K. Siegel. Right. Um, she figured that way, if anybody happened to come across her name from a family, they would know that it was her. Right, right, right. Um, which is smart thinking. Yeah, for a, what, a 20-year-old, 18-year-old? No, not even that. 15-year-old, 16-year-old. Yeah, 16-year-old. like a 15-year-old, yeah. Um, so, she also talks about... Oh, my God. So, oh. she was she was dating this other young man. Coleman. And she ends up ditching him. For her? For his brother. So. And... Uh, she talks about them trying to be alone uh, and them running into a haystack, and that's where she lost her virginity. Yeah, and, and she's she's very open about everything. And she, I mean, but she's so poetic. Like I'm like I can't remember what I did yesterday. Yeah, you're 89. We're calling when you're 15 and yeah. your first sexual experience, and and, and it what, was great. What did she say? Um, she called it the first night of her life. Yes. Whoa. Oh my god! Um, Wish my experience was not magical. Like most everyone's first uh, sexual encounter, the dude breaks her heart. He, she says, he took everything and gave nothing in return. Oh, she's a very good writer. Yeah. Well, Just, I mean, she's how many books? Well, I know, but like <laughs> now, I haven't read any of her books. I only know her writing from this journaling that's presented in, do- in the documentary. Yes. She's very. There's, that's that's too that's part of that old school life is yeah. you were writing things down and yeah. you, you know you there was a language yeah it's not like now so um Ooh, can we talk about her career with the Israeli army she yes yeah, she was part of the Jewish underground army uh, she was a sniper yeah little tiny four foot eleven Ruth was a sniper. I don't know exactly what rifles they used, but I can tell you like an M sniper rifle? Well no, but like an M sixteen is like three feet long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe not quite that long, but still like it's more than half of her handgun. It's more than half of her body length. It's a rifle. (laughs) (laughs) Any rifle is too big. Yeah. Um So, uh, you know, she talking about training and, you know, that she was good. She was good at it. Um, and talking about one night, um, on her birthday, on her birthday, she was just finishing up her, uh, watch and, um, she walks into the building where they live or where they, uh, down to like the barracks. Yeah, Yeah. Whatever it was. Um, and a huge cannon ball comes flying through the building. Um, basically, she almost lost her feet. Yeah. From this explosion, uh, women died. It was it was a hot mess. Yeah. But. <laughs> but. Speaking of hot. Speaking of hot. So this hospital was full from the injured. Right. And so Ruth 
instead of having a hospital bed, they put her on a bookshelf. Which, how big was that bookshelf? I mean, I guess she's tiny, but, like, I mean, come on. But she's tiny and she's tiny. Yeah, that's true. So, (laughs) you know, they, they fixed her feet and she's, you know, laying there recovering. And she talks about that the... Uh, male nurse was a very attractive man. Hot nurse. So she pretended that she didn't have the use of her hands, so he would feed her. I, just, I can't do it. Can you feed me? Yeah, yeah. Baby bird. <laughs> Baby bird. <laughs> uh, and they they fell they fell in love. Mm-hmm. They went to Paris together. They uh, because apparently the Sorbonne offered this um, program to children of the Holocaust, uh, it, like. If you, uh, if your studies were interrupted or if you didn't get to go to high school because of the war, come on in. We'll give you, um, like a primary year to make sure you're up to standards. And if you pass an an entrance exam, come on in. We'll let you in. Cool. Like, that's really cool. Thanks, Sorbonne. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, uh, they get married. Yep. Um, she's super. baby, right? Nope. Second husband. Oh, my bad. Uh, she's super loving school. He, he was going to, you know, go on to be a doctor, and then he was kind of like, yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> JK, I'm going to go back to Israel. <laughs> yeah, and she was like, mm, I don't. Yeah, because Paris. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, he gave her a divorce. He allowed her to get a divorce, because back then you yeah, had to be allowed. 50s. Yeah. Um, now. Now. Husband number two. Husband number two. It's a very short story. They got married. They had a kid. They got she, she Well, they got married. They had a kid. She got $1,500 again from being a Holocaust survivor. Yeah. She said, dude, let's go to America. He's like, okay. So they go oh, to America. How good was that story of um, her, like, staying? Yeah. They were, for, they were fourth class on the ship, so that's they were the at bottom. the bottom. Um, and they were Basically, like, I think that's where Titanic. Jack, that's where Jack and Rose went yeah. to go in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, no, that's the class that they, that Jack was in. Yeah. 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 Fourth yeah. class. Yes. Um, you know, so you can't go, you can't go on the deck. Um, and she was like, mm, screw that. She went out there anyway, stayed out there all night because they were coming in to New York and she was going to see that Statue of Liberty and she was going to see that skyline of New York. Yeah, because she had known about the poem that's on the mm-hmm. statue, the give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be breathe free, which can't wait till that applies again. Um, but yeah, no, like, she came to America. They, I mean, they were doing, they were doing fine, but... She said he wasn't intellectual. She was bored. Yeah. So he dipped. Okay. She said, he got, I gave him the car and I got to keep the kid. Yay. Good Yay. deal. Honestly. Good, yeah, honestly. Yeah, square deal. Good deal. Probably for both sides. Yeah. Um, because then we never hear about him again. Uh-uh. Um, so, uh, she is uh, at Cornell, uh, Cornell Medical Center. Um, we're in the 70s. She gets, what? What did I miss? What happened? The ski trip with Fred? I think she was, uh, I thought she was already at Cornell before Fred. No, 1974. Oh, shit. Yeah. Fred. No. Fred, I the love, Fred. love of her life. And there's a cute little clip from one of her shows where some guy calls in. It's like, yo, yo my, my girlfriend had like a couple bad relationships. And I just, I just want to know what problems I should expect from that. And she's like, dude, just because you've had bad relationships doesn't mean your current relationship is going to be bad. Right. Like, 
I, this is, I'm on my third husband and this is the love of my life. He's the greatest thing that's ever happened. Right. Yeah. Take, take a sponge and wipe that away. Yeah. Um, um, so, uh, and, and, uh, so she has her daughter Miriam and then her son Joel. Yes. Uh, which I don't know if you caught this or not, but I kind of feel like she loves Joel more. No, No. I didn't. Well, okay. Cause Joel, Joel, her adult son now shows up with pizza while they're oh, you know man. talking and she's cute. like Joel Joel my Joel you Joel 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 my love my love my Joel y'all can go I have my Joel peace that I didn't could... see her do that with her daughter no I don't I'm it just could kidding just like because there is that stereotype of like mother the, and the, son the Jewish mom loves her son yeah that is the light of her life it is the thing that will pass on her future yada 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 I could just uh, maybe the stereotype is true also, I'm out of our, of margarita, and I'm really sad about it. I'll be fine. Whoa. I know. Zoinks. Um, but. Anyways. Can we talk about. Do you want to go get more? No, not yet. <laughs> can we talk about how she met Fred? Go ahead. Okay, so. Um, Ruth was living up the high life as a single mom, making a dollar an hour. A dollar an hour. One living dollar. in New York City. But in the like but 60s, still, you could that do That just shows yeah. what a dollar could get you. I mean, I'm not saying she right? was rich by any no. means. She was very poor. She talks about how poor she was. Right. But to be able to live in New York with a child on a dollar an hour. On a dollar an hour. And she was like, and it's not like we lived poor. Like, I had parties every week. Everyone would, would contribute food and I would just buy chips. Yeah. And we had a great time. And even Miriam was like, yeah, I just remember hanging out with adults, like, all the time. Yeah. And, like, if I got tired, I would just go to sleep, and it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> so she meets Fred because she had gone on a ski trip with, like, a, uh, another group of friends. Yep. One of the guys that she was kind of sort of seeing was, like, super tall. Yeah. And whatever, like, the chairlift thing that they were using, like, they both couldn't fit on it at the same time. And so she just happened to, like, cross eyes with this beautiful man who was much shorter, still taller than her, yeah. but much shorter than this other guy. And she was like, hmm, hey, hey boo. I'm going to ride the, yeah, I'm going to ride the ski lift with you. Yeah. <laughs> I just met you. This is crazy. <laughs> you want to go skiing? <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> you want to be the father of my baby? Um, and he is. Ta-da! And she did describe, she, one, I wrote down a couple quotes from her. One was, my first two marriages were legalized love affairs. Fred was true love. He adopts Miriam. You can see it too. Like you see a couple of like little interviews uh, with her and Fred. And there's this one point where the camera's behind them and Fred's speaking. And you can see Ruth looking over at Fred with such adorable like love and admiration and equal. And yeah, like this is just beautiful and pure. This is mine. I'm proud. This is my partner and he, he is here with me. Yeah. I loved it. Um, so, now we're at 1978. Sort of. Now we're not at 1978 yet. 1967 Planned Parenthood. Did I go to sleep? I don't know. What's happening? But oh, my God. 1967, <laughs> she was at Planned Parenthood, and she um, started her uh, doctorate program at that time, and she, I wrote down the title of this paper, uh, she did an investigation of the effectiveness of paraprofessionals in increasing the use of postpartum and family planning services by women from lower socioeconomic backgrounds in an urban setting. Basically, she trained 
workers at Planned Parenthood who were not medical professionals how to help women and men uh, who needed family planning and medical care at Planned Parenthood, helping them decide what was best for them to then go to the doctor and, and have done. Right. And she talks about, you know, working at Planned Parenthood before it was this thing that everyone knows now. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, now. Okay. We're at Cornell. <laughs> so she's at Cornell Medical Center. Um, and she's with her mentor, her, you know, her... I don't want to say. Yeah, her mentor, Dr. Helen Singer yeah. Kaplan. But yeah. she she was always like, just like, yes, this is the leader of what I believe in. Oh, sure. Um, so she gets, well, the whole staff gets asked if anyone would like to come on a radio program and talk about sexual health, the health in general, blah, right. blah, blah. Because at this time, radio stations had to have a segment somewhere in their time slot for health for for community betterment and they still do so like if you yeah. turn oh yeah if you turn on the radio at like one or two in the morning inevitably you're gonna hear a guy talking about like community zoning and stuff like that yeah huh. or, or like and it's the same thing with like public television where they have uh -huh. to have certain uh, percentage of like educational television uh -huh. yeah so sesame street yeah Sweet. except now it's on hbo so only rich people can watch it Right. I forgot they did that. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Um, uh, uh, the staff was like, no. Dr. Ruth was like, hey yo. Yeah. Well, because there was no money involved. Right. Because it's public radio. Yeah. But she's like. The doctor was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like to talk about it. Let's yeah. talk about it. <laughs> mm. Sexually speaking. Sexually speaking starts. Um, what a radio show. What a radio show. Back when there was, you know, the call-in, ask-your-question radio shows that were everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, like the same one. They still kind of do some of them now where you can call in and give a shout-out to your love. Right. But it was like all these relationship advice and all these different things. Um, but Dr. Ruth. So how they initially started, like everybody at NBC was freaking out because they're like, okay, so we're talking no, about like sex, no sex way stuff. We can put this on the air. <laughs> yeah. So like everybody's like listening in, checking, over checking, this da, 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 cutting, editing. Um, so they start her off pre-recording it, and then putting on putting it on at midnight on, on Sunday night. Sundays, like Sunday going into Monday. Yeah. Midnight. No, because they're like, well, good. Nobody's gonna really listen yeah. to it. But guess what? <laughs> they weren't advertising for it. Nothing. But word of mouth got out. Yes. And everyone, apparently at that time at 30 Rock where they recorded, everyone had the ability to call a certain number and listen to any any recording studio yeah. in the building. So you yeah. could you could call down to, what is it, Studio A for mm -hmm. SNL or whatever. You could just listen to whatever was going on. Mm -hmm. Everyone was calling in during Thursdays when mm -hmm. they were recording, mm -hmm. sexually speaking. Like, the entire building was calling in. So they were like... Hmm. All right, maybe we've got something here. <laughs> yeah, and eventually, they let it go live. Yeah, um, and and it just snowballed. And it, yeah, it just you see this you see this montage like kind of towards the beginning, and you see this montage now. Now in the beginning, when she's like doing public speaking and stuff like that, um, 
there is a point um, in 1985 uh, when she's speaking in Texas, and yeah. this dude you see it's a, it's a, it's a video. You see this dude come up and say, you're under arrest. I'm placing you under civilian arrest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So basically, some dude that had a really huge stick up his butt was like, oh, we can't talk about penises or vaginas. I'm arresting you. Uh, How many times watching this documentary did you flash back to, was it Friday Night Lights, where they have the the sex ed class and the teacher makes him go penis 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 vagina vagina <laughs> vagina <laughs> I forgot about that <laughs> yeah so we get this montage she starts doing talk shows she book deals book deals she has her own shows uh, she's in movies commercials now I forgot about you that you forgot the about I've... the herbal essence commercial was herbal essence actually good shampoo it smelled nice. I don't. Think I remember actually, I used it, I and used, I think I might have used it because I, of that commercial. Yes. Because oh, can we talk about how high up her pants came? Well, pants. Yeah, pants go high. And I'm excited that they're going back that direction. Uh, so if you weren't alive when the herbal when herbal essence was big, basically, if you didn't have the joy of spending your teen years pulling out the herbal essence ads in your 17 and YM magazines and like opening the fragrances to see which shampoo fragrance you wanted. Yes. I'm sorry. But this commercial, they're in a grocery store and you hear a woman moaning. (gasps) And the lady's like, you know, the, the other consumer lady is like, what's going on? And Dr. Ruth rolls up in her grocery cart and she's like, you should try the body wash. <laughs> in her thick German accent. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, so they're playing on the fact that she's a huge sex therapist. They used to call her Grandma Freud. Grandma Freud, goddess of good sex. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, interesting names. Um, but I, I, I distinctly remember that commercial and I think there was another one that was kind of the same yeah. thing. But that, that's, that was their stick. Yeah, yeah, it was the... Ooh, ooh, ooh. Orgasmic shampooing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... So she, I mean, she has um, her own TV show, Ask Dr. Ruth. Yeah, she's got... She had like two or three different ones. Yeah. Um, and, and tons and tons of books, in movies, all these things. Um, and... So we kind of flash, 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 flash. We see little snippets of her and Fred. Um, I love them. And then um, in 1997, um, she had just come home from an awards ceremony. And um, Fred comes up to her and says, you know, I had a stroke or I'm having a stroke. Mm-hmm. And so they take him to the hospital. Um, they, You know, he's in a coma. They do all these surgeries, this and that. And they could not save him. He ended up passing away. And Miriam... Her daughter talks about that she had never seen her mother cry until the moment her dad passed away, and she's never seen her cry since. Yeah, um, and I think I think it was, was Miriam or Joel. One of the kids were talking about sitting shiva. Yeah, which is like a, it's a Jewish tradition where you stay in the house for I think it's like seven it's seven, seven days, seven days, like and like people can come in. Yeah, people come bring to you. you. Food, yeah, you don't sit leave. down with you. Yeah. They can leave, but you have to stay. Your it's, family, you're all supposed to stay. Yeah, it's supposed to be like quiet contemplation about the life of the loved ones who mm-hmm. have passed. 
And whichever one of her kids was talking about it, Joel, Joel was like, yeah, she sat at Shiva for like three days and then she was back to work. Yep. She, 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 he's like, she cannot stop working because that is her coping mechanism mm-hmm. for everything bad that's ever happened to her. Yeah. I get it. Basically. I get it. Um, so, and she, and she, she talks about this too, that, you know, women from where I'm from, we don't, we don't cry. We don't show weakness. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Like, a uh, uh, German yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like a, it's a German Jewish thing. Like, you just don't cry in public. <laughs> <laughs> um, so during this big blowing up hype, you know, not to backtrack too much, in the 1982 specifically was when the AIDS epidemic was yeah. growing up. Um, and nobody was talking about it. Except for to say, we should get rid of all these gay men. Oh, yeah. They definitely had some uh, Billy Graham up in there. Like, well, this is Billy obviously Graham, a, a pox sent by um, And that's the thing with Dr. Ruth. She does not... She's apolitical. She's apolitical. She does not want to involve herself with politics. She will not say, I like this uh, group, uh, that group, no. this politician, that po-. No. Nope. Um, She's only... But, she only... Her only concern is the sexual health of America. Yes. Well, the world. Well, but, and, yeah. and, and equal and fair treaty, exactly. tre- treatment of people. Exactly. And, and so she she's shown taking several stands like, we shouldn't be blaming anybody... We should educate yeah. and find a cure. Yeah. That's all we need to do. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, they, her family, they talk about, yeah, she definitely won't talk about politics, but it's not hard to figure out what maybe her political views are. Sure. Um, well, she- and, okay, okay, so something I listened to today uh, on the Chuck Todd podcast got me thinking about some of the stuff that they brought up in this documentary. The Chuck Todd podcast, um, they brought up a survey that was just done where uh, in 1990, they asked the question, um, how much does political thinking occupy your time? Mm-hmm. And in 1990, it was like, it was, pretty, it was like 40, 60, mm-hmm. like eh, kind of whatever, whatever. Now they asked this question this year and it was 87% of people surveyed said political, like concerns over political Mm-hmm. issues issues take up the majority of their thoughts okay. during the day. So what I got to thinking, what they took out of that survey was we have politicized literally everything. Like you can't like anything. You can't support anything without it becoming a political issue. I agree. Yeah. Here's my other thing. Sure. 1990 versus 2019. We can see anything and everything we yeah. want in three seconds. Exactly. We couldn't then. No, exactly. You're exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I thought you were having a seizure for like two seconds, and then I remembered dial-up. Um, um, but yeah, but like, just she, uh, there's clips of her talking about how, um, you know, giving speeches about how if Roe versus Wade is overturned, like, abortions are still going to happen. They're right. just going to be coat hangers. Which I would like to bring up again. The circle, this like gerbil wheel that we're on. Yeah. Because all the crap that we see all these clips in this documentary of the 80s and early 90s is literally still the same bullshit mm-hmm. that's happening now. Because the same people are in charge. <sighs> yeah. Stop. 
Yeah. Get off the wheel. Break the wheel. Break the wheel. No, um, let's it didn't work that. for Daenerys. But uh, okay. Also, <sighs> we don't have to talk about Danny. It's okay. Okay. Uh, so throughout this whole documentary, too, she's traveling. She's oh yeah, she's going back to Switzerland to see you know where she, where the orphanage was mm-hmm. and, and counting cows back on the to... side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's so cute like one of the cows moved she's like moo <laughs> <laughs> um, and at one point she goes to the holocaust uh, oh. uh, world center or, the, uh, uh, I do want to look that I want to get that name right it's the Yod something um, which Yod made me think of Yod which made me think oh no um, oh Yod Vashem it's the world holocaust remembrance center yes Basically, they have the entire database of who died and who survived. And where and when and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, so, literally, her whole life, she never knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a part of her was probably always like, even though she, know, she knew. She knew. But there's always know. that spot. Right. You don't know, but you know. Yeah. But you know, but you don't know. Yeah. Because it's like the thing, if... Nobody that it's right. It's not a there's crime no closure. If- Nobody, no crime. Um, so she she goes and they search the database and um, they find out that her father died in 1942 in Auschwitz. Um, Julius. And um, her mom, it, it disappeared. Yeah. Which. Versholen is the word. Um, yeah is messed up yeah but it's also kind of like the thing you know women are always less than and they can't yeah. even take the time to go we gassed her here well nazis <sighs> fuckers really but good she was paper- like they really take good, yeah really, really good, good, at good at paperwork <laughs> really good at defining and yeah. outlining and detailing all of their crimes yeah to make it easier for everyone else right but yet but not her not her not well, they, they didn't list her grandmother as well Right. Yeah. Women. Women. Less Anywho, than. so um, moving forward, let's talk about. Well, yeah, no, we're 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 basically at the end of the documentary. Um, they show her ninetieth birthday party and her grandkids. Her grandkids made me cry, especially the one guy that was like um, the oldest one. The oldest one is like grandma never talked about, or grandma kind of never talked about sex therapy with the family except for the one time she came to give a sex ed class in fourth grade when I was in elementary school and I still haven't recovered and I'm like oh yeah, yeah <laughs> your grandma probably definitely showed them how to put on condoms yeah and even Joel talks about uh, when she really starts blowing up on a radio show <laughs> he's in college and he's walking through his dorm and like eight different rooms he can hear his mother talking through the room <laughs> and he's like oh my god you know mom <sighs> um and she's also feeding the cameraman at her party, and it's the most adorable thing. She feeds thing. every. She feed, and they even put in a, a cute little cut montage of all the people that she feeds. Yeah. While filming the documentary, and it's 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 every she's, security guard. She stole candy. Every driver. <laughs> she stole like swag bags for people. Yeah. Like I love her. I yeah. love her. Okay. Quote that I would like to end her with. Yeah. I have an obligation to live large and leave a dent in this world. Ugh. May we all leave dents in this world. Yes. Um, good dents, not like kill the rainforest dents, but like good dents. No, good dents, and there's there's all these examples throughout where people are saying 
you saved my life. Yeah. And to think of a TV personality, quote unquote, talking about sex to save someone's life. And and that really shows like the depth that she goes into um, because it, 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 you know, she was supporting gay rights like who like to the point of who cares yeah it's you consenting love who you adults. love you 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 do what you want to do as long as everybody's cool with it go do it um and, and making people feel okay and making them feel like they aren't alone in whatever their issue is even though it may be sexual making them feel like okay i'm not the only one i'm not a weirdo there is no normal we don't know what normal is that's what she says respect is not debatable and uh, she, she, yeah, respect is not debatable because we're all, there is no normal. Right. Ah! She's just so cute. I love her so Wise much. Wise beyond her years. All 91 of them all, now. All ni- 91 of them, yeah, we yeah. Have, we're past her birthday. Yeah, 91. And I, I just kept thinking, no, not 91. I know. I don't want you to go because I'm, like, re-in love with you again. I know. Like, she is now up there with Betty White of... Don't. Women, don't. Of, of, of women who are just good people who want good things in the world and go make good things happen. And that will live forever. Okay. It's so good, right? <sighs> it's just so good. Ooh. Well, that was real. I thought you were faking it for a second. <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, man. Um, Please watch, go watch. 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 Ask Dr. Ruth. I'm getting a tattoo of Dr. Ruth. We'll put it next to our Hedy Lamar. Ta- oh, that was another one that made yeah. me have it. Yes. We'll get it. We'll put it. That clap was so loud. I'm so just, sorry. We're just going to get like a band of women's empowerment. Can we just or get, a sleeve. Just get a sleeve of like Betty White, Dr. Ruth, Hedy Lamar. I would just get Betty White anyways. Yeah. I, I want to get Betty White. If I had a dick, this is where I tell you to suck it. <laughs> <laughs> Betty White. <laughs> Dash, Betty White. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, it may be the margarita talking. I think it's a good idea. Uh, yeah, let's go do it. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, next episode will be us in the tattoo shop. <laughs> we'll just be like, um, oh. Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch Please. it, watch it. Share it with everybody. Please. Go out, buy her books. Go find her old uh, shows on YouTube or wherever they are in the interwebs. In the webs, yeah. Do it. Do it. Hey. Hey. Thanks for listening. Yeah. We love you. Love you. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rock your body, baby. Right. Right.